Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I don't do this. <laughs> I don't talk. I don't talk seriously in front of people. I will cut up. I will make a fool of myself. I will have fun. I don't do serious things. But today, I'm trying to do a serious thing. So I'm completely out of my comfort zone here. I'm sorry if I start talking too fast and just trying to rush through things because that's what I do when I'm nervous. So that being said, let's see how this goes. <laughs> now, this isn't going to be like a lesson like yesterday where I've got points and suggestions and things. I've got verses and I've got thoughts on communion and the cross and, you know, what that means for us. When they first, when Susan first asked me about if I would do this and I'm like, well, what? What kind of direction? She's like, just, you know, whatever whatever you feel. Okay, well, let's do an American Gladiator-style course to get our communion. You know, then we're going to take a beating. Maybe get a taste of what Jesus went through um, to go to the cross. But then I thought, well, maybe that's not such a good idea. Um, so we're going a different route today. So how difficult is it for us as women to walk to the cross? In general, we would not have much difficulty when I was doing some research on it. It was like between a quarter and a half a mile from um, where Jesus was given the cross to carry to Calvary. So it's less than half a mile. Would that be hard? I mean, I know there's some of us, some days that's hard for me with this foot issue I've got. I know there's some of us that have pains and, and things like that. So, but in general, is that going to be such a hard thing for us to do? And when you think about what Jesus went through and what he did um, and that kind of physical stuff that he endured for us for that. So I thought about reading John 19, um, but it's like 40 something verses and there's no way I would be able to get through all of that without rushing. So if you want to look at that later, it's just one of the accounts of Jesus and his crucifixion. There in, it's in other gospels as well, but John 19 was the one that I was looking at for this. Um, okay, so Philippians 2.8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. C.J. Mahaney says, Humility is honestly assessing ourselves in light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. So with that, I think we should wake up each day and remind ourselves of the gospel before we do anything else. And when we do this, we humble ourselves and realize that we need the cross just as much as anyone else. This will help to kill our pride and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in humility. We are humbled as we come before the cross because of what Jesus did for us. And that's something else. We'll be reading a lot of what I have because I don't memorize stuff to talk and that would just go out the window when I'm nervous anyway. So going on, another verse. I've got a couple more um, with another thought. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So, when I said this, you know, thinking of the cross, thinking of the gospel, thinking of daily as a daily reminder, um, you know, that's just remembering what Jesus did for us 
We are sinful and we need a savior, but because of Jesus, we are forgiven. I am forgiven. You are forgiven. I like to think of it in the eye, like, okay, it's good to project that out to everyone, but I, I need that. Um, and we should be confident as his follower to do great things in his name. And Susan reminded us yesterday, we've got the power. Are we going to tap into that? It's already there. Mark 8:34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be his disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Hebrews 4, 15-16 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus calls us to take up our cross. But we don't have to have the full weight of what we should be carrying because Jesus is already taking care of that for us. There's going to be times that we have burdens. There's going to be times where we're alone or feel broken in this journey that we're on, this life. Um, but Jesus is there to shoulder a lot of that weight and that those trials for us. Matthew 27, 32. This is an example. I took it as an example for us. Um, as they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. So this shows that Jesus got some help on his journey. He had someone that, that, that bore some of that with him, and that we have people around us to help us with our needs and, and with our, our issues and just our life in general. I have a hard time accepting that help from people and, you know, allowing them to help me carry my cross. Um, and again, that goes back to Susan's again with the power of walking together. We have the examples. Why not do it? Yeah. I don't know. Because then I have to show people that I can't do it all on my own. <laughs> and that I got all that pride and have trouble being humble. Okay. This is going a lot faster than I thought it was going to. So, <laughs> John 12, 23 through 33. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Hebrews 12.2 Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This verse touches on what Denise said yesterday with the pioneering and the trailblazing. He set that path for us. And if, you know, as if the beating and and everything that Jesus endured leading up to the crucifixion wasn't enough, the crucifixion is designed to be a humiliating death. It's degrading and dehumanizing. The body is stretched on a cross, stripped of clothing and dignity, exposed, 
naked, shamed, and disgraced. But Jesus, as Hebrews 12, 2 says, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he endured this so that he might redeem a people to be his hands and feet in humble service to others. That's us. We're those people. So, that went really fast. I just have a couple of thoughts on closing um, before we take our communion. Something to think about. What is the state of your heart as you take communion each week? What is it that you're reflecting upon when you take that cracker and the juice? Is it just, oh, Jesus died for me? Okay, going to remember him. Or is it, wow, Jesus just sacrificed so much and was humiliated and shamed and all for me and my whatever fill in the blank. And again, it should be a daily thought, like to wake up and think about what Jesus did and how you can honor and glorify his sacrifice in the daily life. So a couple of more uplifting verses. You know, we've all of that about um, Jesus' death. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Ephesians 2.13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So, I'm going to pray, and then if you want to step over and get your communion. So, if you'll pray with me. God, um, I come to you now just like shaking and nervous. Um, God, I just pray that um, you work through you work through whatever I said there, and that people were you know these women are able to get something. I want to thank you for this weekend that we've had. I want to thank you for uh, the speakers, for the open hearts, for the the um, just the topics and and people that have worked on these, the behind the scenes people that put so much work into this weekend. God, um, I want to thank you for sending your son to die for us. I want to thank you for um, for that sacrifice. He he had no sin, but he died for ours so we could be closer to you. Um, God, I thank you for just all of the things that we are blessed with. I know we were able to look really quickly at all of the things that we need and all of the hurts that we have and all of the things that we're going through um, but sometimes we forget to look at the good and the blessings and how a lot of times that so far outweigh the negatives that are going on, God. Um, I thank you for all of the women that were able to come this weekend. I pray that um, we get home safely, that people that we all, myself included, go back and re-listen to some of these lessons, see how we can apply things. God, I just thank you for your son, and I thank you for the sacrifice that he made on that cross for us. And I pray that we remember it daily, not just Sunday mornings when we're taking the juice and the cracker, but when we get up every day and we remember that you loved us enough to sacrifice your son. Uh, God, I just thank you. Um, and it's in your son's name, I pray. Amen. Amen.